What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Sounds Interesting. I am your host, Pat Jones, as always, and I, I might get rid of that intro eventually, you know, and just start talking. Um, but I want you guys to remember who you're listening to. This is Sounds Interesting. Um, but today we have a really interesting topic, in my opinion. It's one of my favorite topics, and that is the war movie. Um, I saw two World War II movies recently, Dunkirk and Hacksaw Ridge, both of which uh, I'm basically going to be reviewing in this, but I'm going to do an overview of just how I feel about war movies and uh, stuff like that, right? Because it's definitely a genre that is close to my heart. I love war movies. Um, definitely World War II, that is my go-to area. I, I love that era. Um, so I have some books and some stuff to talk about as well. But first, I want to apologize for missing last week. Um, I spent the week with my in-laws, actually, at their house, and I was going to record there, but I didn't want to lug all my stuff over, you know, the mixers, the microphones, everything. I didn't want to bring that all, but I did think I could just do a down-and-dirty version, so to speak, with just my Astro headphones, my laptop, the camera on my laptop, and just go for it, but um, I forgot the little piece, this piece right here, the little microphone piece for the Astro. I don't play with it, so I don't have it plugged in at all times. So when I grab my Astros, I left that in a different area. Um, but for your YouTube viewers, you can see that we're in another area, uh, a new area. Um, and it's our dining room that we actually use as an office. It just got redone. So that's why we weren't in here before, but I really like this room. Um, it definitely has a nice kind of feel to it. Definitely very professional feel. I have my bookcases. That's what I'm looking at. I'm looking. That's the third one. I, I read quite a bit um, as an English major. Uh, reading is definitely something I do. So I have three big bookcases, one on each side of me, and then the one behind me. And that one's only the second shelf is full. I can't point, but the second shelf is full. Um, so these are both packed. So I might try to balance that out so it doesn't look so weird, but we'll see. Anyway, so this episode, this is episode, what, six, I think? Six or seven. I don't know. Um, I think it's seven. Uh, we're going to be talking about war movies, specifically Dunkirk and or Hexel Ridge. And it's going to be my review and response to that episode or to the movies. Um, wow, I'm getting called now. Uh Anyway, let me just answer that really quickly. It's not really important, but he'll just keep calling me. Anyway, um, but first I want to just talk about war movies in general, war books too. Uh, that's that's the other thing. As I said, I'm an avid reader. I'm an avid uh, movie watcher, movie goer, whatever. Um, and I'm excited about it. Now, I know Hacksaw Ridge is a little older um, Dunkirk I saw in theaters yesterday and Hacksaw Ridge actually was on my HBO now I have a Roku and whatever so it was there and I watched that two days ago as well for the first time and um, we're gonna be talking about that so first I uh, because this is about movies the the war movie uh, I'm just gonna go through the books first I do have some classics and some other things that you might not have heard of that are definitely very good and if you are a war enthusiast or you love war books um, definitely check it out uh, so I, I mean the first one 
is Hemingway. You can't you can't go wrong with Hemingway, and I'm showing the books on YouTube as well. But Hemingway, Ernest Hemingway, A Farewell to Arms, is by far one of the more classic um, war books out there, uh, World War One. Um, and I mean, this goes along with All Quiet on the Western Front. They're both very very good in what they do, and this one is more of like a a love story revolving around a war instead of a war revolving around a love story, if that makes sense. No. No, this is... Meh. Whichever one is more of a love story, let me say that. Um, and at first I was very disappointed with it because it's not the traditional war story I was used to. But when you really sit back and understand that it's not traditionally a war story, it's more of a love story that is involved in a war, you can appreciate it for what it is. And there are some war scenes in it, um, but it's just the flavor of that era, that World War One era, 1918, 1920, that era. Well, yeah, no, yeah. Um, but it's, it's definitely a very good, very good book. So if you haven't seen, uh, haven't read it, definitely read it. Um, and the sun also rises is on the back of this. That's what I'm looking at but um next up is vietnam so we're jumping quite a bit and that's the things they carried by tim o'brien um definitely a very good very good book uh i actually taught this in my english class last semester um the first it's it's like a it's like a book of short stories put together to make a novel they're all linked together through this thing and the first short story is the things they carried um, another really great book, another untouched like kind of genre. World War One and Vietnam don't get a lot of um, publicity and don't get written about a lot. Uh, World War One, I, I think it's because of who Hemingway has already done it, and the people who have done it have done it masterfully. Like it, it is just very well done, and touching that after them is kind of like risky. Um, and Vietnam, I don't know. Vietnam's a, uh, like, a like I have, we were soldiers here when I go down my war movie list. Um, we were soldiers is another Vietnam one, but maybe it's just because of the bad politics that happened during it or the, t the taste that it left in everybody's mouth. It, it was kind of a loss for the U S there's a whole thing we could talk about there, but, um, I don't know. Another one that's not really done, but very, very good. If you haven't read The Things They Carried yet, go pick it up. Um, then we're going to get into the World War II ones, and I only have two, three here. Two by the same author, but I, I picked up three of my more f favorite ones, I guess. Like, But anyway, um, Soldier Boys by Dean Hughes. This one is very, very good. Um, and since we're talking about World War II, I'm going to go a little bit more in depth on this one because it's probably one of my favorite World War II books, like, of all time. And that's weird. But it's a very short book. If you, if you look... Whoa. Um, I don't know. My headphones just went all wacky. But it's a very short book if you look at it. And um, it, it's very easy to get through. But what it does is it follows a 17-year-old paratrooper. He enlists and goes right into the um, goes right into boot camp. And then it also follows Hitler Youth and their whole thing, right? Um, and it follows these two storylines 
as they make their way through boot camp and um, and whatever Hitler's training is, and they move up, up, and then they end up in the war in Europe. So it's it's interesting, um, and definitely one that I enjoy and to see how they come together and these two lives collide. Now, I'm not going to ruin the book because I really hate ruin, ruining books um, and spoilers. Um, the movies have been out for a while. The newer ones, I, I'm obviously going to talk about spoilers because it, it, it's, it's a review of those, but um, the book was better, in my opinion. I love... The book's always better. Uh, <laughs> some people argue against that, but... In most cases, the book is always better. Um, and so, anyway, The Soldier Boys by Dean Hughes. Very good book. Uh, I picked it up by accident. I was just kind of browsing um, Barnes & Noble, and I ended up in a weird section that I wasn't ready to be, and it was there. And I picked it up, and I read the back. And then I read it through, like, the next week. It was it was just very good, a very quick read, but also good. Um and the next up is just an author I'm going to suggest, not just a particular book, but Jeff Shara. That's J Jeff, J-E-F-F, Shara is S-H-A-A-R-A. -A -A. Um, now, he has a whole line of things ranging from all different wars. He does Civil War stuff as well, and he has a lot of books. So just good reads him or look him up, and you'll find it a lot. But here I have No Less Than Victory and The Rising Tide, which are both World War II best-selling new york time best-selling um books there's also um the steel wave is another really good one uh to the last man is a world war one book so he definitely spans all eras of um world war of war books of war novels and they are very riveting um he his writing is amazing it's very interesting. Um, he keeps you hooked. You, you're engaged in the characters, and you really enjoy the story at hand. Um, now, with that being said, we can move on to the movies or films because one of these is one of these sets is not an actual um, war. It's not a movie. It's it's a like a series, and you already know what it is from that. But starting from well, actually, I have two Mel Gibsons back-to-back. -back. I have The Patriot, Revolutionary War, and then We Were Soldiers, which we talked about, which is Vietnam War. Um, the Patriots, a, a Revolutionary War gets some uh, publicity. You know, I'm watching that new show, Turn. It's not new. It's on season three, but I'm watching Turn, and I don't know if any of you watched it, but it's about the spies of the Revolutionary War and how they played their games behind the scenes. Very, very good show. I was, I'm very surprised of how good it is. Um, I'm only like six episodes in, so we'll see how it turns out. But very good show. Uh, overall, Patriot is a very good movie in my opinion. It, it revolves around the Revolutionary War and it shows different aspects of it and how we ended up winning not we're not going toe-to-toe -to -toe with the british army we're not standing in a big open field and killing it but it's like it's the guerrilla warfare style um and it's a very good movie obviously you have mel gibson but you also have heath ledger who's very good in it um and that's it's it's just such a shame that heath passed away because he was such a great actor um not just in the dark knight which i've talked about in the past but 
uh, A Knight's Tale is another one of my favorites. Um, Ten Things I Hate About You. He's just, he was so young and so talented. So um, rest in peace to Heath Ledger, obviously, and to Chester Bennington, now that we're on that topic, since he's a little more recent. But uh, I was going to do a whole thing about Chester Bennington last week as well. And I decided just to let it go. You know, I, I know it's pop culture and I know it's big breaking news, but it just didn't feel right. I don't know. I, I kind of just wanted to sit on it, um, but see what happens. Uh, next, We Were Soldiers. You know, I'm pretty sure a lot of people have seen this movie. It's a great movie about brothers in arms and um, going up against incredible odds. Um, so definitely check that one out as well. I'm not going to spend too much time on these. Black Hawk Down another great movie, Modern Warfare, um, Leave No Man Behind is basically the theme of this, and another overcoming all odds kind of movie, um, Jarhead I have over here, um, Jarhead, a great military movie, um, Jake Gyllenhaal, and who else, Jamie Foxx, Chris Cooper, a great cast, and different type of war movie it's not so much action as more of just the psychological bs that goes into war um and then one of the more recent ones i have is american sniper with bradley cooper i mean this movie is absolutely fantastic just fantastic it was so good um i saw it and it blew me away and then and then to just to learn more about the story behind it, you know, and how it actually happened, and just, uh, it's so good, definitely check out American Sniper, a Clint Eastwood movie, and Clint Eastwood's one of my favorite actors slash directors out there, he's very good at what he does, and um, you just can't go wrong, and then we have, uh, well, another Clint Eastwood movie, this is the World War II, this is where we're getting into World War II, but this is Flags of Our Fathers, um, a very very good World War II movie um, as well. Definitely worth checking out. Um, Pearl Harbor. I know some of you would be like, oh, that's that's a love story. It is. It's definitely a love story. But the action scenes and the actual, the actual story behind this, the war elements are just so amazing. I mean, it's two discs. Like, it's a long movie. But... Um, have a lot of great actors in this one as well um ben affleck obviously josh harnett and kate beckinsale who have been in movies that we've talked about in the past but if you haven't seen pearl harbor yet because you think it's a war movie or whatnot definitely or a love story sorry it's not a war movie it's a love story go check it out because the war behind it is so good the 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 action scenes, I should say, are very good. Sorry, I'm waiting for a package, and uh, we have our car seat and stroller coming for the baby, and I'm very excited to get it, and I don't want to miss it, and I don't want to leave it out there. One of our friends' package got stolen off their porch. Um, it was a baby gift, so um, kind of just keeping an ear out, uh, and my dogs might go nuts. We'll see, but um, two more that I have here before I jump into the Dunkirk and... Um, Hacksaw Ridge. That's that's the that's the movie. Um, Band of Brothers. 
This is the one that you guys probably guessed when I said a series. Um, Band of Brothers is so... I, I, I say this for all of them, that they're so good, but it, it really is. Like, this is a, what, 16-part series, I think? 10 parts. 10 part. Wow, 16. Where did I get 16? But this is a 10-part series, five-disc show, um, two parts on each. And it's... I'm pretty sure... Let me see. Tom Hanks and Steven Spielberg work together on this. Now, Tom Hanks is probably one of the greatest actors of our... Not probably. He is one of the greatest actors of our... Um, of our generation, of my, the generation before... My, he's one of the greatest actors of all time, really. Um, and Steven Spielberg, well, you can't go wrong with Steven Spielberg. But this series is long, yes, but totally worth the time to watch. If you haven't seen this, go watch it. It's on HBO... It's an HBO series, I believe. Um, I haven't watched it in a while. It's, I'm actually in this World War II like kick. That's why I'm actually I'm talking about this. Um, I, obviously, I saw Hacksaw Ridge. I saw Dunkirk. I'm going to rewatch the next movie. Um, I'm going to rewatch Pearl Harbor. I'm going to rewatch Band of Brothers. Um, rewatch Flags of Our Father. There's just so many great World War II movies out there that you can't go wrong. That's all I'm going to say. Last but not least, Steven Spielberg and Tom Hanks, again, Saving Private Ryan, which is probably the greatest World War II movie ever made. Um, this is what everything gets compared to. It's so realistic. It's so graphic and just... I don't know what else to say about this. There's been reviews that this is the closest thing to what actually happened that's ever been made which is scary um it's it's just it's it's breathtaking that's how good this movie is tom hanks is brilliant in it um matt damon is very good uh edward burns is awesome you know it's just so good and for 1998 so they didn't have all the special effects crap that they have now where they try to do too much they just it puts you in the minds and the eyes of these soldiers, and it's you feel like you're one of them. And that's the same thing with Band of Brothers, and I think that's what makes these two so great. Now, obviously, this is a series versus a movie, but it connects you so deeply to these characters that when it, when they when they die or when something happens to them, you kind of you feel it, you know, as if you're brothers with them, as if you're... You're one of the guys fighting alongside them, and then you see one of your best friends, because that's what they are. They're all best friends. To see the best friends pass away, like to get killed. Just Saving Private Ryan is definitely number one on war movies, in my opinion, and in most people's opinion. You know, it's not something that people are going to shy away from. They're going to just say it. It's very, very good. Now, Hacksaw Ridge. I'm going to start there because it is the older one. It came out in 2016, um, uh, November 2016, actually. Uh, first impression, amazing movie. I absolutely loved this movie. It was so good. I wasn't expecting it. You know, it starts off a bit slower. I'm going to say that because it has to build up the story of how he gets to the, uh, how he gets to enlist and everything like that. Let's just say this. For those of you who don't know what this is about, 
this is about Desmond Doss. He's a World War II American Army medic. Um, he served in the Battle of Okina Okinawa and refused to kill people. So he joined the army and refuses to kill people. He actually refuses to take a weapon. He doesn't touch a rifle. Um, and he becomes the first man in American history to receive the Medal of Honor without firing a shot. So he, this is a real story. This is a true story. And one of the cool things they do at the end of the movie is they, sh they kind of show footage of Desmond Doss receiving his Medal of Honor and then interviews with him and the brothers that he served with r around it. So definitely, yeah. Here comes Pops. Here comes Pops. So there's the dogs. And hey, they didn't bark that long. I'm surprised. Yeah, well, I'm recording, so. Um, but anyway, definitely a movie that it blew my mind. I wasn't ready for it. Um, it received an 8.2 out of 10 here on IMB, INDB, um, and that's with 242,000 votes, so pretty good. Um, directed by Mel Gibson, who has been in his fair share of movies. That's why I pulled out some of those movies, right? Not only are they good, but... Everything links together very nicely. Um, you have Andrew Garfield. Um, who else do you have? Hugo Weaving. Um, Rachel Griffin. Um, I'm probably butchering some of their, those names. Uh, who else? Oh, how am I forgetting? Um, Vince Vaughn is in this, which when I saw, I was like, what? I was not expecting Vince Vaughn to jump in to a war movie but he he killed it he did really really well um and then there's there's a bunch of like no-name people making great um great strides in their careers because it was so good and i'm gonna i keep saying that and that's not something i should just keep saying but um so this storyline it follows the true story of desmond das um he's a conscientious objector um who at the battle of okinawa won the medal of honor for his incredible bravery and regard for his fellow soldiers right so what happens is you start off when he's a a kid um you see him and his brother and he's very um very violent very violent kid uh and then there's an accident with his brother where he, he actually hits him over the head with a brick now again there are going to be spoilers in this because it's a review of it but um he he hits him over the head with a brick and almost kills his brother and it, it resonates with him he sees a picture of of christ and the ten commandments and he kind of dedicates his life to his faith and he's very very in tune with the bible and everything like that so what happens is he enlists in the army because he feels like he needs to right it's his calling everybody else is doing it he wants to serve but he wants to serve as a medic and it it feels like the actual spin of that is because uh, he, he falls in love with this girl who's a nurse and she's teaching him about it and he, he, he doesn't have a formal education or anything, but he's very interested in saving people. He saves a boy's life. Um, so whatever, long story short, he, joined, he enlists and it, it shows him through boot camp and all the problems he has trying to, um, trying to actually get through boot camp because he won't fire a weapon and the army's like no you can't do that like it's not about that hey buddy it's not about that at all um they want 
their soldiers to do what they want them to do and they move forward and it just doesn't work right he's like no i won't touch a weapon so they try to court-martial him and it's it's a whole kit and caboodle like some emotional things have to happen his, his dad comes and saves him after his dad's like an alcoholic and whatever but so we get over to japan or okinawa where they fight the japanese and he doesn't have a weapon he gets through boot camp and he goes up and they they go up to hacksaw ridge and they show this intense battle and a lot of his friends start dying and america makes a push and then they hold it overnight and then the japanese make a bigger push and like everybody's wiped out like they lost something like 130 men or something that that on that retaliation right so they retreat um the men go down the ridge uh, which is really just a big cargo net they have to climb up and down this cliff on, which I find to be so stupid. Why would you make that your point of attack? I don't know. But just so dumb that that's what it would be. Um, and right before they get to the end, one of um, Desmond's, like, good, well, not good friends. They were enemies. Like, they didn't like each other. And then they they ended up in the same foxhole because Desmond saved the man's life. The whole idea of boot camp and him having a weapon is he couldn't help out. He couldn't have the back of any other soldier because he didn't have the weapon to stop somebody, whatever. And they show a scene where the main guy who was against him for, and was being an asshole, to be honest, um, he's, he's really good at his job. He, he, is slaughtering Japanese in the initial push and he's facing one way and Desmond ends up uh, tackling a Japanese guy a Japanese soldier who's coming up behind him to stab him and then the guy turns around his name's Schmidt or Schmitty or something I think they call him Schmitty but they tackle him he tackles him to the ground and then Schmidt shoots him and kills him and it's kind of like that moment like whoa you actually do have my back like, you're up here with no weapon doing who knows what you're actually doing. Why you're up there, we don't know. But um, he actually did save him, which was which was good. And so they had a bonding moment that night in their foxhole together. Um, and Schmidt actually gets shot quite a few times um, on the retreat back. Like, he's one of the last ones to pull back. He's trying to hold him off. Um, do the heroic thing so it shows desmond carry him to the to the edge and he's like help me get he talks to another guy he's like help me get him down he's like dude he's dead leave him like let's go and desmond kind of has this moment like what am i doing here right like why am i here um schmidt's dead desmond's kind of crying and he's like what am i doing here and he, he pleads to god like tell me what to do right why am i here and then he hears people screaming for the medic. Uh, and it's a very emotional scene where he's just like, why am I here? People are screaming for medic. And he's like, okay, like I know what I have to do. And he goes back towards the Japanese army. Um, and he starts pulling people out like they're wounded. They can't move. He starts grabbing him, carrying him, dragging him, whatever, uh, to the cliff. He rigs up a like a knot and um he literally uses a tree stump or something and lowers them down one by one and um there's nobody's on the ground but two guards to just guard the fact like make sure the japanese don't come down i guess um and all of a sudden men are just kind of like 
being hoisted down um, by by Desmond, who I should say Desmond is played by Andrew Garfield. Okay, so for those who didn't know, um, so he, he one by one going down, and he does it for a, like his hand, like they show his hands bleeding from the rope, and he doesn't stop, and he's exhausted, and he doesn't stop, and he keeps repeating this mantra every time he he saves one he just says one more lord help me get one more and he goes back and he's up there for like two days i want to say by himself so um it doesn't get too dicey at first it's he's covered by artillery the artillery is keeping the japanese army back um and it doesn't get too dicey but that stops because um they wanted to save their army or something i don't know i can't remember the exact details but so he's like there goes my cover right um but he still does it he still goes and he's still saving people and then he ends up like down in the tunnels that the japanese use and he he's like avoiding detection and um really putting his life at risk because they catch a medic first of all they they hate medics they want to kill medics because medics save other people um but he's gonna be tortured easily if he gets caught uh and the japanese torture system was brutal for those who didn't who don't know history as well um i was a history major before i switched to english so i definitely have dabbled in this for a while but japanese torture not good you did not want to be a part of that you'd you should you would rather be dead right um, so he's going through the Japanese tunnel, avoiding detection. He stumbles upon a wounded Japanese soldier, and he helps him. So Desmond is not about sides. He's just there to save lives. That's all he cares about. He only cares about saving lives. Um, and it's it just to see somebody so pure doing this, it, it was very well done. Um, so he ends up two days he's out there, and he uh, he goes all through the night. He stumbles upon the last two people, which is Vince Vaughn, right, uh, and another guy from his group, and he gets the guy down, and he runs back for Vaughn, Vince Vaughn, and a sniper shoots him, um, hits him in the head. It deflects one in a million chance that it deflects off the helmets they have, but it does, and then they use distractions and teamwork together to kill the sniper. He pulls... Um, because of that, because of all the gunshots, um, the Japanese army is now coming, and he pulls Vince Vaughn, like, Vince Vaughn had both his knees shot out, so he can't run or walk, um, and so what he does is he, he actually grabs a rifle, first time in the entire movie he touches a weapon um, as, a, as a military man, and he wrap, like rolls a blanket up in it. And he, Vince Vaughn sits on it, and he just runs, pulling it behind him. And Vince Vaughn's shooting the Japanese army. Um, and he basically, like, ties Vince Vaughn up and just kicks him over the edge and then falls. With, he kicks him over the edge. He saves him. And they're all – the entire army's there at one point because what had happened was the commander, the captain of their group, was very distraught over the fact that he lost 100-plus men on the first day. And then all of a sudden, people started showing up from his regiment, right? So everybody that Desmond was saving, he knew their faces. And he's like, what is going on here? And he's like, oh, people are uh, like Desmond and Vince Vaughn's character, who I can't remember. Hold on. Um, Desmond and uh, 
Vince Vaughn's character were up top. I'll just say that. I'm not going to look for it. They were up top. And he's like, oh, so Captain's helping. And he's like, no, no, no. It's just Desmond himself. And this is the last guy he saved. He's like, it's just Desmond himself. Like, Vince Vaughn can't do anything. He's shot. So this, after all the crap that they gave this guy, he's out there risking his life to save everybody. Um, and I thought that it was very well done because of that. You know, there was a a turning point in everybody who was against him, you know. He proved everybody wrong, that he was the bravest, that he had the most courage, that he could do anything they could do, and he could do it without a weapon. Uh, He did not have to kill. And that was his thing. He's like, with everybody trying to take life, I want to be there to just try to give someone life back. Uh, And it was a very powerful message, right? Um so anyway he kicks vince vaughn off and the entire army's there and they shoot at japanese as um as andrew garfield or desmond jumps off the edge with schmidt's body so he gets schmidt back um and he's going to bring him home um and then probably one of the most powerful scenes in the movie happens where they literally just dump gallons of water on him just bucket after bucket and it's in like the sunlight so you only see the silhouette of garfield and then the water and just the amount of blood pouring out of his hair off his body is just it's so powerful of what this man went through the constant you must he must be of under constant stress like the constant fear of dying like it's just it's just amazing how he did it and the fact that it's a true story makes it that much more impressive so then desmond uh he like changes he gets food right he's up there for two days by himself like he's freaking out and he's sitting there just reading his bible and they're like we got to go back up there and it's this whole thing that now they respect him um and he goes back up uh i wouldn't have gone back up i didn't want to go up the first time technically but oh that that's brutal it's brutal and um so he goes back up and he saves more lives like the guy is a, is a machine he uh he ends up kicking a grenade away and that's what how he gets injured he kicks a grenade away and it explodes on his foot and like messes up his whole leg and then that's how like they they carry him down like we got you you've had us now we have you and they take him back um and they take him home and then it's, the last scene is him like on the stretcher going down the down the cliff um and then it cuts to the actual like footage of desmond getting his um getting his medal of honor and uh his the, the story of like how he ended up with his wife who's the girl from the movie um and they live for a very long time and then they actually have footage of desmond talking about his experience and it's it's so moving this is something that um, Band of Brothers does as well. You actually have veterans who were there, who were part of the group, people who are characters in the story you're watching. Like they use real names, like you know who they are, um, and they're talking about their experiences, and then they show their experiences, and it's a very powerful way of doing it. Um, and I think that Mel Gibson really explored the war genre with this one. It. It had everything you want in a war movie, but there was so much emotional uh, contact or emotional moments in this movie that made it very humanistic. Like, it's not just blood and gore. Um, Just like 
just like uh, Saving Private Ryan, like where they try to save civilians, or um, the, the 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 moment in the church where they're kind of trying to figure out how to fall asleep and reminiscing about home, or where um, the medic dies and he like his last few moments, he's just calling out to his mother, like those those moments that bring the human side to war which is against all of what humanity should stand for and all that but the 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 humanistic elements brought to the movie because of the small details that the director picks and mel gibson did an amazing job on this movie so personally i give this movie a nine out of ten um I feel like 10 out of 10 would be too cliche and it might just because be because it's fresh on me that I really enjoyed it but it is a very very good movie definitely check it out if you haven't seen it um Hacksaw Ridge is it's excellent it's just excellent um a very powerful movie and I'm looking at it uh I'm looking online like I said it has an 8.2 out of 10 and they look at things for other reasons right like cinematography and stuff like that which was very good in my opinion um but you know they look at other things besides just the quality of the movie so i'm gonna say nine out of ten that's mine which is right around what it should be um I told you the bogs were gonna bark when ups gets here oh not even ups not even ups um it's the garbage man but hacksaw ridge a great movie really great movie uh next up is dunkirk this one is brand new 2017 it's in theaters right now like it is literally in theaters i saw it yesterday um and it starts off very strong um it starts off with a group of soldiers british soldiers walking through this town of dunkirk and um there's flyers bruiser enough there's flyers um, floating around, and it said, we, sur- we surround you. And it's, it's very powerful. Come on. Come on. It's a very powerful image. Um, but I'm going to say right off the bat that I absolutely hated this movie. I hated it. <laughs> and some people are going to be surprised because it does have an 8.5 on IMDb. It's something like a 91 on um, Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 94 Metascore. Um, Bruiser, you can't you can't come towards the microphone and then bark louder. That's not how it works. Um, but this one's by Christopher Nolan, and it's very hard to follow. That's what I'm gonna say. Very hard to follow because it jumps from character to character, and it it, it felt like. And what I figured out by the end is it's showing the same scene over and over and over again in different point of views you know so um we follow the one character as he goes and uh he's in the sinking ship and then it shows another character and the ship's blowing up but it's the ship that the guy's on that you saw already and what christopher nolan does very well is his cinematography is absolutely fantastic there are some very beautiful shots in this movie and i'm not going to take away from that um but the time the playing with the timeline really just throws a curveball in it that it's hard to follow uh there were a group of like eight or nine people who actually left the movie halfway through um 
people in my group fell asleep because it just it wasn't a traditional war movie it wasn't a war movie and i'm not going to take away from what christopher nolan was trying to do because like i said the cinematography was beautiful and that's what a lot of the ratings show that um it was the cinematography and that was what is the saving grace of this movie, right? But people are trying to compare this to Saving Private Ryan, and there is by no means any way that these are in the same category for a war movie, in my opinion, right? Um, it's it's a PG-13. There is no blood. Like, s- people die, but not, not in the grand... Like, it's not part of the movie it's weird like a boat sinks and you know people die uh like three people get shot that you know of or like or bombed right so you know they died um a civilian dies because he falls down some stairs and knocks himself uh, like knocks his head hard enough to kill him so um uh, that's it it was it didn't feel like a war movie to me um, and this goes back to Farewell to Arms, where it was more of a love story. This didn't even have a love story. This was about getting off a beach and different attempts to do that. Um, there was so one of the parts that I did like was the air, the dog fighting. Um, not shot very well. They weren't just action-packed, great flying movies like Pearl Harbor. Like Pearl Harbor's dog fighting is amazing. Um, a little bit over the top in some aspects the way that they control the plane and he's like throwing his arms both with it a little bit too much but anyway um in this movie i liked dog fighting i really enjoy air crafts and uh like p-52s and um crap I, i'm drawing a blank on other spitfires um but i used to watch dog fight on the history channel a lot and it was one of my favorite shows, and they dissect how dogfights happen, and like the most famous dogfights in history with the most famous pilots and different things. And great show, no longer on. If you can watch some episodes, definitely do. But this one, the dogfighting was eh. Like I enjoyed being in the plane, but it wasn't great. So what I'm trying to say about the dogfighting is they showed dogfighting in the beginning, and I'm like, sweet, we have some air battles going on. And then they showed dogfighting again, but it was kind of the same thing. So basically, there's three British fighters, two German fighters, and a bomber. And the bomber's taking out like the like the ships and stuff, and the obviously the fighters are there to protect it. And it's just, I don't know. It's very weird. It's so we see the first dogfight one of the british guys dies and that's the last time you see him like they just show his plane sinking into the ocean that's it then the dog then he our main guy who's tom hardy he's the main pilot he shoots down a german ship and they watch it crash and then his partner gets hit and he goes down you see tom hardy watch him land in the ocean and then tom hardy goes off and fights some more right but then we back up, and all of a sudden, his partner's back in the air, and now you're in his point of view, and then you see him get shot, and then you see him go down and land in the ocean, and then what really happens with him, and his cockpit gets stuck and stuff, and he can't get out, and then somebody saves him. It, it's just, 
And then it shows another guy watching as Tom Hardy shoots down the bomber for the third time. And you just, you're just kind of like, why are you going back and forth so aggressively? Like, it's not even like different point of views as we do this one scene. It's literally like 20 minutes later in the movie and we're watching this scene again. So I think the time span of this movie is maybe a day or two. There is a night scene. So I think it's day one, night scene, day two, done. Like, that's it. Um, and it's pretty brutal. Uh, at, at one point, the guy that you think is the main character, who I thought was the main character, and I don't know if I can find him on here, but um, he he's only a part of it very little. Like, he's part of like the whole the trailer if you watch the trailer he's the guy who's like i'm not going back like i'm not doing it that guy i thought he was going to be more prevalent in the movie um he really just sits on the fishing boat and is like i'm not going back like that's it he's the one who kills the civilian boy he pushes him by accident down the stairs whatever so they show him um they show this fishing vessel or the civilian the whole thing about dunkirk is that the entire french and british army were pushed back to this little point this beach and they're all waiting on the beach to be picked up but the germans are making it impossible with u-boats and planes and just sinking everything and soldiers are dying um and what happened is civilian ships were taken by the navy volunteered ships were taken by the navy um little vessels and they were sailed across the channel and they saved all the soldiers because they could evade and they were harder to hit so that was the whole story of dunkirk um so one of these vessels goes and saves this guy on a flipped over ship i don't know how he got to the flip over ship we never find out how but that's the main guy who's like i'm not going back and he freaks out right so then they show this ship and it travels as it goes and it goes and it goes and like it shows it as um soldiers are swimming up to it but then it shows it later on where they're just sailing again um and then it, during the night scene you see the guy who's on the back of the ship that they saved he's in a uh oh wow a lifeboat he's in a lifeboat with a bunch of others from this down ship and he's like we're going back to shore we have to go back to shore so i want to know how he got from shore to the bottom of this ship now like he's sitting on a flipped over ship when they save him, it's just like, how did he get there? That wasn't answered. Um, and the time, I know I'm just all over the place, and that's how this movie was. So watching this movie, you're literally like, what is going on the entire time? Um, and it, it's it's very frustrating. You know, the as I said, the, the one ship that this, it follows this one ship, this one civilian ship, because he decides to take off on its own, whatever. And he saves the pilot. He saves the guy on the uh, the upside down ship, and then he saves the the guys from a ship that was blown up at the very end. So they show like them swimming to his ship like eight different times in eight different sections of the movie. But then we're in another one where he's just sailing across the channel and like just talking about the war and different planes and stuff like that. So it's it's mind boggling on what he actually this time thing like the the plane that was shot down that he ends up saving the guy who's locked in the cockpit and that's collins i know collins he's played by jack loden um that's the other thing none of these guys actually have names except for like three you don't know anybody else 
and I'm going to get into why that's important in a minute. But they show Collins get shot down from Tom Hardy's point of view, and he goes down. Then they show him getting shot down in his point of view, and this boat saving him. Then they show him getting shot down from the boat's point of view and how they see it. And when he gets shot down in Tom Hardy's point of view, it's two different scenes. So he gets hit. He's like, oh, I'm hit. Like, I, I can't do much. Tom, And he, then they show them just flying. And then they come back. And then he's like, oh, now I'm going to crash. So it's like, was he flying this entire time? Was he not? Because when they show him, when they show the boat looking at him, he get they watch him get hit. And then he crashes like 200 yards later. And you're kind of like, what? the hell is going on very random movie now i want to jump back to the name issue um because there was no names and because you didn't stick with a main character there was no like arc from a main character or a main group of people right so in saving private ryan you follow tom hanks and his group and you get to know them who they are as individuals and you you're connected to them in band of brothers you're connected to that group in Pearl Harbor, you're connected to them. Um, America, all of these, all of these, and Hacksaw Ridge, you're connected to Andrew Garfield's character, Desmond Doss. You you want him to be okay. Like at the end of that movie, when he was when he was hurt, and they were carrying him down, and they show the last scene that he's in, he's kind of like in bliss, like his arms are out, he's under the sun, he's got the Bible in his hand, and it's kind of like he's like passing. Right, and I was like, if he dies, I'm gonna be so mad. I didn't get that reaction in anything in Dunkirk. Did not get that reaction. Did not care. I think because we don't know names, we don't know backstories, we don't know anything about these people, we can't connect to them. And the that was a huge downfall of this movie, in my opinion, because I didn't, I had no investment in these people. Like this, the main character. Um, I'm gonna just say it's the main character. He almost dies like seven times, and every time he dies, like, I'm just like, okay, like you made it out, good job. Like I don't, you know, like I don't care. Uh, and I think that's what hurts this movie is that the fact that we don't care about these characters, that we don't invest our time in them because there's almost no time invested in them. It's almost as if. Uh, Christopher Nolan spent more time with his cinematography and his different shots and his beautiful shots that he forgot that these are people that we're supposed to be interested in. I wasn't interested in him from day one. From the very moment the movie started, I didn't care. So why would I be interested in them now, right? I'm not. Whereas Hacksaw Ridge, the very opening scene shows Desmond with his leg all blown off, like blown up, and they're all like, we're gonna get you home, just hang in there, you know, and you're like, well, how do you get here, and why do they care so much about him, and you're immediately invested in him, um, and then they show him as a, as a boy, and how he progressed, um, Taven Private Ryan, you are immediately thrown into the action of D-Day, uh, Pearl Harbor, it starts with, uh, I can't remember, I need to watch that movie again, um, Band of Brothers starts with them doing boot camp. And you get to know these characters before they're thrown into the war. The problem with Dunkirk is the war portion of this movie isn't war. Like, it's not the war we think of. This is before America joins in. 
this is the end of the French and British, like, of their time. Like, the British are retreating to Britain to try to defend Britain. They're not going to, like, they can't, they've lost Europe. Europe is completely controlled by Germany at this point in the war before the U.S. goes and before we do D-Day. Um, so the war aspect, the thing that draws people together in this time, the thing that creates brotherhood is gone. It's not part of this. And you don't get that. There is a sense, like, the main character is with a group of guys in the very beginning. All of them are killed immediately except for him. He gets away. I don't know any of the other guys. Um, all I know is that the main character really had to take a dump because he was going to take a dump, and then he got shot at, and then he started running, and then he gets to the beach where everybody else is, and he feels safe, so he goes to take a dump again. That's all I can, that's, that's it. That's all you know about him. And you don't know his name. He doesn't introduce himself. He just kind of walks around. There's also not a lot of talking in this movie, not a lot of dialogue, very few lines for everybody. Um, the most amount of lines were done by the the father and son on the fishing vessel who's going over like they're the ones who kind of just talk everything through it's a very bizarre movie and i don't want to take away from christopher nolan and his amazing eye but i feel like this was missed this was a lost opportunity and it just wasn't good it wasn't good uh i'm i used tickets like not free tickets, but like Costco prepaid tickets, so they were cheaper than the... If I paid $14 a ticket for this one, I would have been really mad. Uh, let me say that. I ended up paying something like 10 with the Costco, so I saved $4. Um, I still had to pay $15 for a drink and popcorn. I just, just not a good movie. Not a good movie. Um, and what I don't understand is that it has high reviews. 85 on IMDb, uh, 94 meta. I'm thinking, I think it was a, um, uh, what I'm talking about. It was like 91 or 92 on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, it's a 106, 106 minute movie, which is kind of ridiculous. Uh, it didn't need to be under six minutes. Their budget was, a hundred million dollars and they did 50 million on the opening weekend and 104 to date as of july 31st i mean i i don't know i i i'm gonna give this i i don't know i i can't it's so hard to actually to actually rate this because i want to give it like a two or three but because the cinematography was done so well and there were some okay scenes, you know. I'm going to give it a four and a half, five, somewhere in there. Um, I wouldn't see this in theaters. If I knew about this, I wouldn't see it in theaters. Uh, if it's free on TV, go ahead and watch it. That's my advice to you. Do not go pay to see this movie. Do need, don't even red box this movie. Because if you forget to send it back, then you're paying late fees, and then you're paying too much for this movie. Don't buy this movie. Watch it first and see if you like it. Wait till it's on Netflix or HBO or just on cable. Just wait. I'm telling you to wait. Um, the person that I was with, military guy, loves mo war movies, fell asleep. He hated it. Absolutely stupid movie in his opinion. It wasn't a war movie. It wasn't. It was terrible. 
and I'm sorry, Christopher Nolan and everybody in this, but it was bad. The only thing that I, the only person I cared about was Tom Hardy because he was, his character put his life on the line to save others. Like he had no fuel left, but he decided to go and take down the bomber. At the end, they show him just gliding around with no, his engine's not going, he's just gliding. And then this is where the cinematography got really, was really, very good. Um, him looking around, seeing uh, France for what it was. And then at the end, he he lands his plane and gets captured. And that's how the movie ends. And that's it. And I don't care. Like, I just did not care about this movie at all. Um, I was very excited to see it. Like I said, I'm in a World War II kind of mood right now. So to see a brand new one, I was excited. And walking out, I was very disappointed. And I absolutely hated this movie. Um, it just wasn't good. That's all I'm going to say. That's it. You can make your own opinion. That's my opinion. Everybody has their own opinion, right? Um, but my opinion was that this movie was not good at all um, and not worth the hour and six minutes invested in it. And um, that's it. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. So that's my take on the Hacksaw Ridge and Dunkirk. Putting them head to head, Hacksaw Ridge by far is a better movie. Um, as you can tell by my ratings, a nine versus a five. Uh, it's a traditional war movie. It's it gives you that war element, but still story and connection to the characters. So, bravo to Mel Gibson and the team for Hacksaw Ridge. Very good. Dunkirk. I think they tried to do too much and play around too much and be too innovative, and they lost. They lost um, what makes a war movie a war movie. Um, so. I don't know. It, it. I'm pretty sure that uh, Dunkirk is based on a book, and if that's true, it's probably better as a book, right? Um, heh, book was better. I'm gonna say the book is gonna be way better because it, 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 it'll tell you what perspective you're in, kind of like Game of Thrones, you know, and it's gonna be easier to follow. Um, these people are saying it's great, but for the visual presentation, it's so good. Uh, and again, this is. It's not, I don't know, I, I don't I don't want to keep just rum, rambling about this because my opinion is it's bad and uh, that's not going to change no matter what reviews I read, <laughs> you know. Um, so if you guys have seen these movies or are going to, I would like to hear what you have to say, so leave a comment um, down below if you're on YouTube or whatever, um, like, subscribe, um, review the podcast. I know this was a shorter one. We've been we've been up near the two hour mark, but um, I think me rambling on for an hour about World War Two movies, um, specifically two that came out. You know, these are movie reviews, and I think movie reviews are going to be done. Uh, they are going to be shorter in the long run on the podcast. You know, because it's probably just going to be me and my thoughts about it um and it's going to be every once in a while i'm going to do it uh if you want to see more movie reviews let me know let me know in the comments below list movies you want me to watch and review i've seen quite a few but uh i might not have seen those or i'll i'll rewatch it and then give my give my uh my thoughts um i mean we've done spider-man homecoming now and now dunkirk and hackshaw ridge so uh, 
movie reviews are fun. I, I like doing it because I love movies, right? Um, I do have some book reviews coming out soon, which you guys, maybe some of you are interested in. Um, a fellow author of mine um, should be coming over, I think. And, oh, I forgot about Fury. Oh, my God. If you haven't seen Fury yet, that's another great World War II movie. Um, I don't own it. Wait, I do own it. No, I don't. I don't own it. But if I did own it, it would have been in this pile. That's why. I basically went over to my DVD and my bookcases and was like, what movies <laughs> do I want? What books do I want? So Fury is another very good World War II movie that just, it's not just come out, but it's, it's a very recent one with Brad Pitt and Shia LaBeouf, and it is excellent. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Um, that is another great one. Uh, so check that out as well. But um, I hope you like this episode. It is shorter, like I said, and I'm sorry for missing last week again. Things just got crazy with real life, and it was hard to do. But uh, like, comment, subscribe to the, everything you can, SoundCloud, iTunes, uh, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, SNDS, interesting, wow, SNDS, interesting in most aspects, that's our name, Um, but yeah, thank you for watching, thank you for listening, Um, I hope to see you guys next week with another episode, I'll I'll be here, I hope you guys come back, let's say that, Um, I don't know what I'm going to do yet, but as I was saying, one of my author friends might be coming over to talk about books and the writing process and stuff, Um, and it's not the same one from before, so there's that. Um, but I hope you guys enjoyed and I'll see you next time.